0: Good morning f- friends, it's really lovely to be here with you this morning and it's a real privilege um, and I am following through on our message and uh, what uh, my husband shared, Pastor Jacques shared last week on faith. And living by faith, and that is a follow through we of our victory day, and we've just been uh, just the sense of how do we walk in victory? It is one thing to have a day that is where we're praying for people for victory, uh, but the walking it out there are significant truths or Aspects that we need to put into place, and and so I'm going to be speaking about follow Jesus today. And as I've been preparing, I've been challenged in how am I following Jesus? How is my level of following Jesus doing? And um, and the reason why did I first start? following Jesus, myself, I was, I was young, I was still a child actually when I started following Jesus and one of the reasons why I started following Jesus was I saw in other people some things, some, some, something inside of them that made me say I don't have what they've got and i see a life and i see a joy inside of them and i could recognize that i don't have that and so i was like i want what they've got what have you got that i don't have and it was because they were following jesus and it was and you could see it in in how they were and it wasn't even it was just their countenance, what they looked like, not look like, but you know what I mean. There was something something different about them. Um, I don't know if you've had people come up to you and say, What's different about you? What's happening? And and for us to be thinking, how how well is our following Jesus coming out? Um, follow Jesus. Why do I still follow Jesus today? Wow. This is, that was like 43 years ago. Guys, <laughs> many of you are, uh, weren't even twinkles yet. Um, why do I still follow Jesus? Because Jesus is my Lord. Because Jesus is the one that I have said, Jesus, I am committing my life to you. I'm making you my number one. That my second, my second, even if my husband was to pass away, I would still have a number one, because his name is Jesus. And, and I pray that that not happen uh, before the time, before God's time. Um, and before, we're old and gray and had wonderful times together and for the rest of our lives together. But I've often had to say, I'm following Jesus, number one. But we need to check ourselves. So, so I'm wanting to ask that we all open our hearts today. Not just there's some of us that have recently been water baptized... It's five days ago, four days ago, and it's like you're restarting. Some of you, you're restarting your journey with God, as it were. You've recommitted your lives to Christ. Or you're saying you've given your life to Christ recently, and it's new. But this, this is for us all, following Jesus. And, and the starting scripture, Jesus uh, said to Levi, now Levi is another name for Matthew, one of the 12 disciples, and Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. And what was Levi or Matthew's response? He got up, he left everything, and followed him. And why did the disciples, why did the people in Jesus' day follow him? He was just a guy amongst the crowd. But why did they follow him? And I want you, and what does it look like? I want you to think of that. And we're going to show a clip. Um, Cynthia's going to get it ready now, and Einstein. We're going to show a video clip from uh, the the series called uh, The Chosen. And it is, it is, if you haven't watched it yet, I really want to encourage you to go and find it on YouTube and start watching it. So far, they've had two... Uh, two seasons, um, and this is from one of the episodes in the first season, uh, but it is so powerful. And the the video clip starts with Matthew, and he it looks like he's in jail. I just want to say he's not in jail, he's in his tax collecting booth. And because he was collecting money, He, he, it was like his protection. So he's not in jail, he's being protected. And also there's a Roman guard standing with him. I think his name is Quintus. And he, they, they're chatting and Quintus, uh, they're talking. But the Roman guard is there to protect Matthew because partly the Jews did not like tax collectors because they were collecting money from them to give to the Romans And the Romans didn't like Matthew very much either because he was a Jew, and the Romans don't like Jews. And so Matthew was in a hard place where people didn't like him. And people, uh, he was, he loved money, but, and what he had, his possessions, were a big deal as to his worth. Um, and, And so, Maybe you feel that no one likes you. <laughs> Maybe you can relate to Matthew, that uh, these people uh, are, are reject you, and your family, you're just the one who's not going to amount to anything, so you think, etc. You may relate to Matthew. Um, so let's go, Cynthia. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew! Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes. You. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Oh. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away? Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. I can put it back? No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. but well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. Who? Right there, I think we could go home. <laughs> Did you see he had the tablet? He wrote the book of Matthew. And God used His ability to uh, His education and His ability uh, to to bring Matthew to us, the Gospel of Matthew, and God used him incredibly. And so we, I'm going to refer to to Matthew and that and that little clip a little bit through my through my message. So I just want to go back. Uh, Just a couple of slides quickly uh, to recap on on what Pastor Jacques preached last week. Uh, And he was speaking about faith, the new life in Christ. And I don't know if you were here and you remember the story of uh, being instrument rated for the storms of life. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We live by faith not by sight. And the story, uh, if, you, if you weren't here and didn't hear it, I'd encourage you to get last week's message. You can get it on, down, uh, on YouTube or SoundCloud, etc. But instrument-rated for the storms of life, and, and Jacques shared a story about how pilots need to focus and keep their eyes only on their instruments when they are flying planes. And if we rely on our physical, uh, our physical feelings and senses, and how we think that we are seeing things, and we think we're seeing things so right, but yet when you're flying a plane, you can be flying completely upside down, and many pilots who are relying on their senses, they come out of the clouds. When they're flying through the clouds and they find that they are flying upside down, completely the wrong way around. And we can be like that in life. We can be gathering and looking at our, our, our circumstances and our environment and what, what is happening uh, around us. And we're making decisions based on that. But God says you need to make decisions based on faith. It's by faith that we live not by sight. And sometimes over these last two years, we've been through such storms and clouds, but our eyes need to be on Jesus and our faith in Him. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And when we are born again... We are new creations. We are putting off the ways of thinking, the ways of doing things, what are our priorities, etc.? And so we are walking into and we're looking at what does it look like being a new creation, where the old has gone and the new has come. And I'm just putting up uh, the four points of what it looks like to live by faith today. And number one, faith is believing that God's word is true and acting on that belief. So we can say that we have faith, but we need to know and believe that God's word is true. We need to live our lives according to God's word, and I'll be coming back to that point a bit today. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works. That means that when we are born again, when we are a believer, that we are not having to work our faith every day. We're not having to work to get, uh, get favor from God. We work, we, we love, we care, we give because we are favored, because we've been born again already. And point three, our faith in Christ is evidenced by our deeds. What we do needs to be in line with our faith. Uh, and, and I'm knowing, I know some people and they speak, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, they might even go to church on Sunday. But unfortunately, what's coming out of their mouths does not represent Jesus very well. They're not living by their deeds. And, and uh, there was someone speaking, uh, I was speaking with someone recently, and, and they were, um, they, they work somewhere, and there are a lot of Christians, they said, there are a lot of Christians that work in that place, but unfortunately, how the place is run, and the, the fruit of the place, the Uh, Their workmanship is shoddy. It's not reliable. It is customers' battle to relate with that workplace. But this person who's there, who who works there as well, and he said, it's really sad because there are a lot of Christians who are there, but it's not being evidenced by their outworking and applying it within their workplace. And that's hard. And so point four, we continue to live out every day of our Christian life by faith. So it's not that we give our lives to Christ and we decide. You know that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Okay? We sing that song. But we don't just sing it once. We need to be singing that song every day of our lives. Amen? We're needing to be deciding we are following Jesus. How well am I following Jesus today? And so that's what I'm wanting us to look at a little bit more. And Matthew just started. He just stepped out of his tax collector booth. And what did it do? He, he made a decision. The people around him were like, what are you doing? Uh, Quintus, who was guarding him, what are you doing? How are you doing that? And he made that decision to step outside of the booth that was not a prison. But can I submit to you that maybe it was a prison a bit? Yeah. Hey. He was chained to his riches. What about you? Are you in a prison? Prisoned by your studies. Prisoned perhaps by a fear of what your family will say if you really follow God wholeheartedly. What about the boyfriend or girlfriend who might leave you and you're in the prison because you're, you you don't want to give up the niceness of sleeping with them but not getting married or whatever, and it's a bit of a it's a prison. It's stopping you from following Jesus wholeheartedly. And like with Matthew, when Jesus calls us to be his disciples, he's calling us to build our relationships. And we build relationships with God. He calls us to build relationships with God's people and with lost people. And as Matthew was stepping out of that booth, yo, he was not stepping into an easy, rosy time. I don't know if well, if you've watched The Chosen uh, at all, they really depicted well. Matthew He's still he's even though he's the disciples and he's building a relationship with Jesus so he's calling us to build relationship with himself Matthew and Jesus are good and Matthew but Matthew wrestles in it with how do, how, how God how do you receive me me did you see him say me are you really wanting me and Matthew leaves. He believes it in that moment, and he leaves his tax collecting booth, and he goes and he follows Jesus. But you see, as you watch the chosen episodes, how he wrestles with relating to Jesus because he keeps having this sense of I'm unworthy. I and and Matthew needs to grow in his relationship with God. With Jesus, right there, he was in person with Jesus through accepting Jesus' love for him. Accepting that Jesus really liked him and wanted to use him, as it were. Use his skills and partner with him. And it's it's just lovely how their relationship builds and grows. But God wants our relationship with him to grow. He also wants our relationship with God's people to grow and to build. And that is people at church. God wants you to come to church. Not just church, but to to get involved in a connect group. Get close with people who can be with you and build relationship. With Matthew, Matthew and Simon. That's Simon Peter who's like, God, Jesus, do you really know what you're doing? They have a whole lot of spats of, of, um, of stuff and, and they've got to build relationship and connection. And so it's not always easy. The people in your family, you don't always choose the nicest people who you're going to get on with the best, but because we're in the same God family, we need to, and God calls Matthew and they relationship with people that are, that are not knowing Jesus yet. And the disciples were constantly challenged to be reaching out, to be loving and caring for the people that weren't in their group. But all of that begins with following Jesus. And so the starting point is of being a disciple to follow Jesus. And... Um, Following Jesus is, is just such a privilege. And following what he says and where he, he wants to take us. And I saw, I was, I saw these slides. Um, a, fris, a friend of ours, uh, Pastor Musam, from, from Joburg, was here a couple of years ago. And she showed us these slides. And, um, and I was so struck by it because it, it, um, it captured for me so much the heart of following Jesus. And this, this here is showing how we can be relating to our world and to building relationship with lost people. And there can be the concept, so many of us have a concept of following Jesus, that we have the in-group or the out-group. In other words, if we are in church and we have said yes to Jesus and we've surrendered our lives to Jesus, then we're in. We're the the, the clean lot in the video in the in the slide there. We're the clean lot. We're the the ones who, you know, we're 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 okay. And we're okay forever because we said yes to Jesus. And so we're in that red circle. But those that haven't said yes to Jesus, they are them. Out there, outside the circle. And we have we and we have them. I want to ask you right now, examine your heart. Do you think about others like this be honest with yourself how are you relating or maybe you feel like you are in the out zone and you actually feel like people relate to you like that because you're like i'm i know i'm not as good as them. How are we following Jesus? And Musa put this next slide up following this one, which she suggested and I agreed was a much more accurate way of how we need to be and our hearts need to be that we are all centered. Jesus is the center. And our following Jesus is a state of our hearts right now. And we are all seeking, we are all positioning our hearts in a certain way in relation to Jesus Christ being the center. And we can be closer to him, closer to him, positioned closer to him because we've been walking with him for a long time. But yet our hearts are not really following him. So we look on the outside like we're following him, like we're close to him. But is our heart really following him? So it can be easy for my children, for example, To say, well, we're we're the pastor's children. Of course we're following Jesus. But it's their hearts, individually, how their hearts are close to Jesus. Is it connecting to Jesus? Am I pointed towards Jesus? Do you get the idea? And there can be some people that are far away from Jesus. Uh, Like the couple just above the T there, um, where the, the guy, his heart is not really pointed towards Jesus. But the wife is far. Maybe she hasn't even given her life to Christ yet, but she is following him because she's seeking him. She's, uh, she hasn't committed her life to Christ yet, but she's longing for something. She's longing for connection. And Jesus loves us all, and he's looking for us all to follow him. It's just a powerful picture. And so I want to unpack for us what it really means to follow Jesus. And the first point, and this is the one where I was like, Lord, give me strength, Jesus. Help me to do this more. Is self-denial. And I want to read uh, the story of, of, in Luke 9, verse 18 to 24. And Jesus was praying. And it says, once when Jesus was praying in private, and his disciples were with them, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Now picture Jesus in that, you know, the chosen clip. Picture them and that setting they're sitting down. They, they may be uh, by the, the sea or on the hillside. And, and Jesus just praying. He's talking to the Lord and the disciples are sitting there. Maybe they're trying to pray as well. So they haven't really known how to do this thing. They're learning as well. And Jesus turns to them. And this was just after Jesus had fed the, the, the 5,000. And it was 5,000 men. So there were probably about 15,000 people there, at least, 15 to 20,000. And the story, it's, it's right just above this passage in the scripture. And Jesus has just fed 20,000. So that is about 300. He got them to get into groups of 50 and so that would be, each group would be a little bit more than who are here this morning. And there were at least 300 groups like this, sitting around on the hillside, and Jesus fed them with five rolls and two sardines. That's miraculous. And they've just had that miracle and then Jesus turns to uh, the disciples and he says, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they replied and said, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. So like they, the, the, the crowds are like he's this amazing supernatural person. And then Jesus turns to the disciples and says, but what about you, Matthew? What about you? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And I want to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment. and Let's just have a moment with Jesus. I want you to picture yourself Sitting on your bed or going for a walk or on on the grass in your your, um, place where you stay. I want you to picture Jesus and hear him saying, but what about you? What about you, Amanda? Who do you say I am? What about you, Sakiso? Who am I to you? What about you, Lid? Who do you say I am? What are you about you, Jacques? Who do you say I am? You tell Jesus. Who do you say He is? Be honest. If you think he's a fraud, tell him. Let him convince you and show you. It's gone. Peter answered. What did Peter say? Simon Peter, the one was, who just talked a lot. He said, the Christ of God. And Jesus said, hmm, very good. <laughs> he didn't. He said, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. But Peter had a revelation. Holy Spirit revealed to him and he had... He, uh, the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God that had been promised from ages before, that that was who Jesus was. And Jesus warned them not to tell this to anyone, not because he wasn't that, but because he was aware that he knew that if, if um, that the disciples told everyone who he really was, the trouble, he would not be able to preach uh, very easily and bring God's word and do the work that he needed. And he said, verse 22, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And then he said to the disciples, he said to them all, if anyone would come after me he must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for me will save it self-denial meaning deny meaning deny ourselves and Luke, uh, verse 23, I'm just highlighting it again there. Um, it says, he must deny himself. And I looked at some versions of the Bible, and you get uh, versions of the Bible that it tells you it's, it's looking to give the, the closest Greek or Hebrew meanings translated uh, interpretation or or translations of the original languages and um, the NIV is one like that and he says he must deny himself. But you get uh, translations as well where they, they seek to bring the word of God into our language that we're speaking today so that it's easy to read and for us to be able to relate to what the Bible is saying and be able to to translate it into our common everyday language. And the Passion Translation is like that, and the Message Version as well. And the Passion Translation said here, He must deny Himself. The Passion Translation puts it, surrender to His ways, surrender to Jesus' ways. So there are so many things in me that are not surrendering, that are not coming out his way. They're coming out my way. And I'm going, Lord Jesus, help me to follow you more. The Amplified Bible says, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests, refuse, and give up himself. There's some descriptions or synonyms that are similar to deny himself. I enjoyed what the message translation, how it translates or puts these this verse um, on the next slide, Cynthia. It says, then he told them what they could expect for themselves. And it said here, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. don't run from suffering embrace it oh Jesus let's just go around (laughs) these bumps and turns but Jesus is in the driver's seat and he says come let's go on an adventure over the bumps through the dongas, past some people that don't like you so much and you want to just avoid them, and he's driving you right there because he's wanting you to build and be reconciled with them. Are we willing to follow him? We need to deny our ways and surrender to his ways. And it's something that is we needing to be checking on a daily basis. Jesus. Inviting him, Jesus, will you drive my car today? Help me, Holy Spirit, to be in the, drive, in the passenger seat or even in the back seat with no backseat driving. You know, like Simon was saying to Jesus in the video clip, are you sure about this? Do you know this guy, who this guy is? And Jesus says, yes, I know him. Verse 24, um, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. So following Jesus means self-denial. It means saying, I'm willing to put on one side what I'm wanting, what I'm seeing, what I'm sensing. Put aside my feelings, my sense of being injured or wronged, and follow Jesus with what he's saying to do. A second point to following Jesus is we need to obey God's word. Good, old-fashioned Christianity. You know the children's song? Read my Bible, grow every day, grow every day, grow every day. Read my Bible. Oh, my son's correcting me. Read my Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read my Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And it's true. As we follow Jesus we need to read our bible. And Jesus said in John 8 verse 31 and 32 to the Jews who had believed him Jesus said if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we we can become familiar with the bible that we don't really read it. My pastor used to say, uh, I love my Bible, and my Bible loves me. I read my Bible, and my Bible reads me. Because the Bible is living and active. And it's sharp. And it goes to those attitudes. It goes to those things that are selfish and wanting to say, Jesus, today I'll do today my way. I'll do it my way. And obeying God's word. And the Bible, I want to ask you, does the Bible, the, the book, and I meant to bring my Bible and we left too quickly, Um, does the Bible contain the Word of God? Does it contain the Word of God? It is the Word of God. It doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It's God's Word to us. It is the Word of God. And that's important. Because you need to decide that you're going to obey the whole Bible. Not just say, okay, there's the first parts of Genesis that I'm not going to believe. And I'll leave that part out. And then, okay, there's God's word is in the New Testament. No. It's God's word from the first in. In the beginning. To the last Amen. Of revelation it is God's word and it is there for our blessing then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free as you, we read the word it's a light unto our path it helps us to walk straight it sets us free but we need to read the Bible and allow the Bible to read us so that we can follow Jesus. And sometimes we, we, we get tired. We're, yeah, 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 I'm following you, Jesus. I'm following you. But meanwhile, the arrow of our heart is pointing away from Jesus. Yeah, 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 I'll follow you, Jesus. And Jesus is going there. And we're going on our phones. And we're going this way. And Jesus is going, hey, I'm going this way. But I'm so busy on my phone and social media and all that stuff, and we just say, hello, Jesus, but we're not reading the Bible. We're not following him. And, and he's not a God of principles only. He does give us principles, but he doesn't want to walk according to principles. He wants to walk according to relationship, heart connection, where it's not the do's and don'ts, but him, it's him leading us. Jenny, won't you phone this person today? Jenny, why don't you take your children a chocolate to encourage them in their studying? Because they're really trying hard with their studying. That's what, the kind of thing that Jesus would say. And if I'm so busy following my way, I'm not going to hear that. I'm thinking... No, that's... Uh, uh, chocolates? They don't need chocolates. They don't need chocolates. That's not good for them. But Jesus is saying it'll make a difference to their day if you take them a chocolate. And we follow him. The Message Bible says if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. He wants us to walk with him. But he's He's wanting us to walk with him because he's good. Because he's got good things. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23. He says, he makes me lie down in greets pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And so often we want to go our own paths. In that day, but the way I'm choosing is the way of anxiety and stress and worrying about stuff that's not actually necessary. And if I just listen to him and follow him, he'll take me by the path that is quiet and by still waters and will be a blessing for us. So let's follow him a third thing that it looks like when we're following jesus is a love for others he says to us in john 13 verse 34 and 35 a new command i give you love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another and coming back again how much do people see that you are loving that you are following jesus how are you loving others and and sometimes you know I and and I'm being vulnerable myself sometimes I feel like there's a nag an urge just message this person but I like Lord that's awkward they're gonna think something is funny or You know, they weren't that nice to me. They haven't been that nice to me. And you leave it, and you leave it, and then you message. You're like, okay, I'll message them, and it's two days later. But then the impact of my message is not going to make nearly as much difference as if I'd done it when I felt the urging from the Lord. And that's showing love for others. That's how he shows us how to love others. Because he prompts us. He shows us. Stuff comes into our minds. As you're walking, um, there's a thing of, why don't you give this this guy who's doing your car, give him, why don't you give him an amount that will blow his mind for being your parking attendant? Why not? Will it actually make that much difference to your bank account? but it'll just bless him so much. And at the same time, pray for him and encourage him. Showing love for others. How are you in the way you relate within your home, within your commune where you live? Are you showing love for one another that other people want to be with you? We have a thing in our house we sometimes say is, you're not being very nice to be with right now. Can you go to your room, spend some time there, and when you've decided that you want to be nice to be with, then come back and be with us. And, and our children sometimes say it to us. Because sometimes we're not being very nice to be with. Is that right? <laughs> we can also not be showing love for one another. a love for others. So, showing love for others. A fourth way following Jesus, what does it look like? Is fruitfulness. What do our lives look like? Do we have the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. How well are we following Jesus? How well are we saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm wanting you to bring these qualities out in me. And it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that fruitfulness, that is, it is in Christian character, But it's also, God, how can you use me in my giftings, my callings, the things that you've given me? How can you you use me to be fruitful for your kingdom, to be sharing your love, Jesus, to be sharing about you with someone who's near me, and I don't know that their hearts are inclined towards Jesus. But if I talk about Jesus and they can connect with me, I'm, I'm bearing fruit, I'm sharing with them, I'm making a difference in their lives. How about being fruitful, asking God to help us to be fruitful in our workplaces, that we be productive and produce and, and change the scenarios and the atmospheres and the uh, environment around us. We can say, like the illustration I gave with this person in the workplace, we can just say, well, everyone else is doing that, being lazy, not really doing what is part of their job description. I can be like everyone else, or I can say, well, God told me I'm following Jesus, so I need to be fruitful. I need to be making a difference and and changing some stuff and I can't change how they behave but I can change me and how I bear fruit can make a difference and step up and say I'm going to make that difference but it's Jesus, it's Jesus in me that is changing me. And part of following Jesus has to do with communication, communicating with God if we're going to follow him, we need to communicate with him. And the primary way, the main way that God communicates with us is through his word, through the Bible. So again, if we're going to obey God's word, we need to read the Bible. We need to let him speak to us. And he, he speaks to us, that's his primary way, but it's not the only way. Like I've been mentioning, he unctions, he he whispers, and it's not necessarily a physical whisper. It's a a heart, a sense, just an urging, just a thought that comes into your mind that you wouldn't have thought of before, and that is God speaking to you, and our hearts being we're inclined to you, Jesus, we're surrendering to you, Jesus, we're following you. And and many of us have testimonies of how God has used us in doing that. I'm I'm seeing Walter, he he with his uh, his stall and where he he is working, he will often be, Lord, do you want me to say something to this person? And it's a heart that's surrendered to God and is listening and communicating with him. And so God speaks to us through his Bible. He speaks to us through Holy Spirits, just urging, nudging, etc. And the way we communicate with God is through prayer and praying. And I'm not going to unpack, I'm not taking time now uh, to, to unpack these different ways of communicating with God. But prayer is just communication. It's just talking to the Lord. It's just saying, Lord, here am I today. Here I am. This is how I'm feeling. Lord, I've just read this in my Bible. How, do, how should I apply this, Lord? Who should I do this with? Maybe there's something that he said, um, love one another. How should I love someone, Lord? How should I, who should I love right today? And it's praying and talking to him. It's talking to him about the things that we need, the people that we love. And it's, and it's listening to him and letting him talk back to us as we pray. And so we want to communicate with God. We want to have hearts that are following after him. And I'm wanting to, I'm, I'm, I'm closing now, and I just want us to put up this last, Slide, uh, which we had earlier, and I'm wanting to ask you to just say to yourself, where, which direction is the arrow pointed from me to Christ? Today? And I want you to just bring your heart to God. And say to him, tell him where you are. I want to ask if we can just pray now. So we're going to go into our discussion groups in a moment. Um, and and we will, we'll just be speaking about this a bit. But within with this picture, and, um, and I'm wanting to bring an opportunity for if there is anyone who has not surrender their lives for the first time. And you would like to do that. Or you have surrendered your life long ago, but you would like to recommit your life to Christ. And as it were, get back on the journey of following Jesus. And I spoke with someone close to me this week. And, and they were saying to me, but I'm so far from where you're at. And, and I just realized that that was something that they were really battling with. They said that they felt that they needed to be where I am to be able to say that they're following Jesus. And... I just realized that that's not a right way of thinking about following Jesus because we're all on our own journeys and in our own places and stages in our relationship with Jesus. And I said to them, you just need to start the journey. It's as it were, there's a road following Jesus. And you may be have been, and this person's been, off the road of following Jesus. And for them to get onto the road and say, I'm starting this journey of following you. And I said to them, have you, have you done that? Have you said, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I believe. And they said, yes. And I said, you are following Jesus. And I want to give you that opportunity. If you have not said yes to following Jesus yet, and starting the journey, turning your heart to him, but surrendering your life to him, if you haven't done that yet, I want to give you that opportunity. So can we just pray? And I'm going to invite you now. If you have never said yes to giving your life to to Jesus, said yes to Jesus, to starting that journey. You may have been in church all your life, but you haven't actually surrendered to Jesus. If that's you, I want to invite you to put your hand up now. I'm not going to embarrass you. Is there anyone here? who wants to surrender their life to Jesus for the first time or recommit their lives to Jesus. I want us to pray now. And I'm going to just pray... Lead you in a prayer of Jesus, I want to follow you. So let's, if we can pray aloud together, just say, Can we just say, Jesus, I follow you. Please help me, Holy Spirit. to surrender myself every day. Help me, Holy Spirit, to obey your word. Help me to love others. as I have denied myself and made you first in my life. And Holy Spirit, it's you that bring the fruitfulness. But I choose to partner with you and surrender to you To make me fruitful. And God, I want to talk with you. Grow our communication. Help me to listen well. And to tell you and talk with you about all that is in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.id And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com. Or send a message to 61 877 We hope to see you soon. God bless you.